Why is the United States government so addicted to unrestrained spending? And why should it matter to conservatives and especially to conservative Christians? The reason is because unrestrained spending is a practical expression of the lust for power. Israel was a confederation of tribes in the Old Testament. They were ruled by a series of judges in the book of Judges, but in 1 Samuel, they decided that they wanted a king. In fact, their motivation was, we want a king just like all the nations around us have a king. And so Samuel went to God and said, the people want a king, and God said, okay, but explain to them what will happen when they have a king. And the description of what will happen when a nation has a king is an Old Testament acknowledgement of the natural inclinations of those who hold power. Let me read these pass this passage to you. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 8, and it begins in, uh, in verse 10. So Samuel spoke all the words of the Lord to the people who had asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the practice of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and put them in his chariots for himself and among his horsemen, and they will run before his chariots. He will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties, and some to do his plowing and to gather in his harvest and to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will also take your daughters and use them as perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields your vineyards and your olive groves, and give them to his servants. And he will take a tenth of your seed and your vineyards and give it to his high officials and his servants. He will also take your male servants and your female servants and your best young men and your donkeys and use them for his work. He will take a tenth of your flocks and you yourselves will become his servants. Then you will cry out on that day because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you on that day. It's a fascinating passage of Scripture because it makes the case that it is the natural tendency of rulers. Now, obviously, we don't have a king, but we do have an elite class, a political class that runs the country. They are backed up by uh, a myriad of bureaucrats who run regulatory agencies and special committees and, and all other kinds of agencies of government. But what the Old Testament recognizes is that it is a natural result because of the brokenness of human nature that those who have power will always eventually take advantage of that power. In fact, what he says here is that the king will take what you have and he will give it to his high officials. In other words, those who have attached themselves to the ruling class, to the political class, will always eventually find a way to gain financial, personal benefit from the roles that they play. For example, that's, that's indicated by the fact that we have uh, representatives and, con and, and senators who leave office as multimillionaires when they went into office with no such wealth. Something about the way they can uh, have advance notice and dabble in the stock market the way they can take money from special interests to provide special favors. The system is set up 
according to the natural tendency of human nature to take advantage of power by accumulating wealth. And in the process of unrestrained spending, as we have here in the United States, and you say, well, well, the spending that we have is, is all going for good things. Well, actually, it doesn't matter. Even if every penny spent by Washington was truly going for something good, the fact of the matter is we're now approaching $30 trillion in national debt. At some point, I don't know what kind of debt you hold in, in your personal life, but at some point, debt becomes oppressive and you can no longer service the debt. We can't even pay the interest much longer on that debt, much less make significant progress on the principle of that debt. And yet, we haven't stopped spending. This administration, for example, uh, it's not a Democrat or Republican thing. Both parties are committed to big government. They love to spend. But just the most recent administration has spent trillions of dollars outside of a multi-trillion dollar budget that was already in place. And we can say, well, it was all for good things. Well, maybe so. But what we also know is that less than scrupulous people have made a fortune off of that government spending. Well, now the latest example of this is what Congress just passed uh, passed in the House of Representatives where there's a Democratic majority. It passed in the Senate recently uh, by the slimmest of margins. It was a 50-50 vote. 50 Republicans voted no, 50 Democrats voted yes, and the Democratic vice president cast the deciding vote. This bill passed by a 51 to 50 vote in the Senate, making law. Uh, it's known as the Inflation Reduction Act. Now what's fascinating about the way we use language in politics is even Bernie Sanders, who is one of the most progressive members uh, of, of, the, of the Senate, uh, even Bernie Sanders said that this bill uh, does very little to reduce inflation. The Congressional Budget Office that is charged with assessing such things have said that if the tax increases that are built into this package, as well as the other revenue producing um, ideas that are a part of this package, if everything happens precisely the way we're told it will happen, they say that inflation will be reduced somewhere between a third and a half of one percentage point in four years from now. In other words, this isn't helping you and me put gas in our car one bit. Let me tell you what will happen because of this spending bill. This is the New Green Deal repackaged because the, two the, the three major elements of this bill, you would think that an Inflation Reduction Act would be a bill that maximized our gross national production. In other words, if we want the, the inflationary numbers to go down, we need to increase supply to meet demand. But there's not much in this bill designed to increase supply. There's a few bones thrown to a few industries, but the three major areas of this bill are number one, increase subsidies to the federal health care program that we commonly refer to as Obamacare. Uh, there's no production involved in that money. 
The second thing is uh, that there are huge investments into green energy projects, wind, solar power, such things like that. Um, ideally, those kinds of investments by the government should produce good things. We can think about Silicon Valley and all of the technology that's come out of Silicon Valley. We know that Silicon Valley in its very earliest days was subsidized by the Defense Department. There is a time where government subsidies can help foster innovation and creativity and develop new technology. But more recently, we've seen track records like the green country Solyndra, who took $500 billion and then went bankrupt. And that money disappeared into pockets in places we have no idea about. To put billions of dollars into these green energy uh, subsidies is an incredibly risky um, process because the track record uh, doesn't show great results. There is also in this bill uh, the provision to hire um, just under 87,000 new IRS agents. You say, well, that's probably a good thing. It prevents fraud. Well, let's think about that. There are currently about 76,000 employees of the Internal Revenue Service. We are talking about more than doubling their total employment number. This bill increases their budget by something like 60 times. And this would make the IRS larger by number of employees than the Pentagon, Homeland Security, the State Department, and the Border Patrol agencies combined. In other words, the IRS will be the single largest branch of the United States government. Now, the bill says that it is the intent, this is not a legal statement, but it is the intent of this bill that taxes will not increase on anybody that makes under $400,000 a year. It's targeting revenue collection from billionaires. Here's the problem. There's not even 87,000 billionaires in this country. So if you're targeting billionaires, a ratio of 87,000 new agents to go after billionaires seems to be a little bit of overkill. What will happen mark my words, is that general statement that is not legal law, the general statement that they will not target people under $400,000 a year is just not true. Democrats claim that these new agents will generate billions of dollars in new revenue, but the question is from where? Where are they gonna get more tax dollars than they already get and by the way, we are paying more annual tax dollars than at any point in U.S. history. They want to increase that number. Where will it come from? Well, this administration has often wanted to go after what we call the gig economy. That is independent contractors like truckers and Uber drivers and DoorDash delivery people. Uh, they've targeted that because that is essentially uh, a cash business, uh, usually as a side hustle for people who have other jobs, and the government doesn't feel like they're getting their cut. 
laws that now go after that segment of society. For example, in the state of California, uh, laws went into effect the 1st of August that essentially make it impossible uh, for you to be an independent truck driver in the state of California because you can't afford uh, the penalties for not being an actual company. Here's the problem. As they've run independent truckers out of the state of California, now they've put so many regulations and tax demands on the major trucking companies. As many as five major trucking companies are planning to leave business in California and just move their business entirely to other states. You take away all the independent truckers and you take away five major trucking companies and what you've done is you have now guaranteed that things can't get from the ports on the West Coast into middle America and you've guaranteed that food from middle America can't make its way to the grocery shelves of California. This crisis is right around the corner. Publicly, they say taxes won't go up, but I'm here to tell you that these new agents will be coming after middle America, after middle income earners. And there's been some speculation about the job postings for these new agents that include the requirement for uh, conceal and carry license and the willingness to use deadly force. Let me tell you something, folks. They are not hiring accountants who will monitor your books. They are hiring enforcers who will come confiscate your possessions. Oh, you're just being a conspiracy theorist. No, no, I'm just being a historian. You see, they have an insatiable appetite to spend other people's money. And when they can't find it, they will make new ways to come get it. Well, how do we think about this as Christians? What is God's perspective? Well, there were rulers like this throughout the Old Testament, but there's a prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Micah. And he spoke words that God gave to him about corruption in political leadership. In Micah chapter 3, the first three verses, it says this, And I said, Hear now, you leaders of Jacob, rulers of the house of Israel. Is it not for you to know justice, you who hate good and love evil, who tear off their skin from, their, from, from, from the people and their flesh from their bones, who eat the flesh of my people, strip off their skin from them, smash their bones and chop them up as for the pot, as meat in the cauldron? In verse 9 it says, Now hear this, you heads of the house of Jacob and rulers of the house of Israel, who despise justice and twist everything that is straight, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with malice. Her leaders pronounce judgment for a bribe, her priests teach for pay, and her prophets divine for money. Yet they lean on the Lord, saying, Is the Lord not in our midst? Catastrophe will not come upon us. We have a ruling class that thinks that they can continue to do what they do and that there will be no repercussions. Pass whatever laws you want to pass, implement whatever taxes you want to implement, put a bureaucracy in place to, to come and take the possessions away from normal, ordinary Americans who are just trying to live their lives. Here's the thing. God has a special dislike for corruption among those people who were responsible for leading and guiding a nation of trusting citizens. I'm not suggesting 
a course of action here other than prayer and political engagement on the part of conservative Christians. But I will say this, the American Revolution was a war fought by our founding fathers over less oppression than we're about to face in modern day America. Their cry was no taxation without representation. Our cry is gonna have to be no spending money that doesn't belong to you. We better pray. We better be engaged. We better get involved because the foxes have nearly cleaned out the hen house. This is Truth Currents. Thank you.